Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. just like to say to pastor he's like the uh, tiger on the frosted flake box he's great it's good to know great people people that you love people that you cherish amen and uh, pastor and sister Gill are two people that I cherish. Amen. They mean a lot to me. I know I got to meet pastor's father and what I loved about him is he had such a genuine interest in his son. He, he, he taught him to be careful and and uh, that influenced my life a little bit. Good people are hard to find. So learn to be gentle with them and love them and, and cherish them in the Lord. You know, I'm not going to go through normal protocol and kill a lot of time with a lot of thanks about so many things the honor to be invited to be here today but from the day that I knew that I was going to be here I took it very seriously as I always do wherever I go but for some reason this morning it's even so much different than so many times in the past. I cannot stand here and tell you that, that I feel lighthearted this morning. I can be humorous to the extent that I am almost sick to hear. But I really don't even feel a lot of humor this morning. The value of the word is the only thing that matters in my life. And it's the only thing that really is going to matter in yours. And so today, I don't want to be accused of being a weeping prophet, but I'm going to speak from some of his writings and others what I feel deep in my belly that I believe will can and can produce some rivers of life into our hearts. I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't feel depressed. I don't feel discouraged. I don't feel rejected. I'm not confused. I care and sometimes when you care your load can get a little heavy cause you care and I love people who care amen I'm reading today you don't want to miss tonight I have a special faith deliverance message for us tonight and you don't want to miss it you want to be here you may want to bring someone with you. But I'm reading from St. Luke chapter 7, verse 37 through verse 39. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. Everyone say, I once was a sinner. 
when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind everyone said behind him weeping everyone said weeping and began to wash his feet with tears everyone said tears and then did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointments. Now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. It's not my message, but it's much more important that we touch him than he touch us. But they come together. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord this morning. I enjoy coming to MPC. I enjoy the, the worship, the singing, the music, the zeal. I realize I don't see a clock anywhere, so there's a reason for that. I don't wear one. My phone is not, I'm in church. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to us maybe more and preach to us. Is that all right? I feel, I feel an urgency on what I'm going to say today. I had one of the greatest father-in-laws a man could ever have, and he was a fantastic singer, but one of the songs that he used to lead us in in service and worship was, I love to be shut in with God. And I've had some time I've had a few weeks to, to get this to where I feel the Lord's will is in it. But I'm going to talk to us today about the natural approaching the supernatural. You know, I think every hand was raised, every voice almost spoke out audibly a little while ago about the need of a miracle in all of our lives. And... Lack of miracles are not sometimes because of lack of good spiritual living, but they're just a lack of expectation. The willingness to confess, so shall it be. The, the fear of failure and to look foolish. The opposite of faith is is sight sometimes because sight produces fear. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And when we see what we don't want and don't see what we do want, then the public relations department of our life takes over and puts fear in our lives that you're going to look foolish if this doesn't happen or this doesn't take place or if you confess it or if you expect it or if you pronounce it until we, we get like the writer said, that, that man that he just can't stay on the road that he should stay on and he wavers in his faith. And the Bible said, let not that person expect anything from the Lord. Somebody said, Amen. You see, fear is one thing that God rejects totally. In fact, I think he categorizes it as sin because he said it was through the unbelief of the original Old Testament church that he swore in his wrath that they could not enter into his rest. And the only thing he listed was because of their unbelief. Let's get some things straight here. No pastor, no evangelist, no special speaker, no bishop, 
No, any man of God is God. Let's understand that God is sovereign. And let's understand that every question cannot be answered by man. Because the Bible said, who knoweth the mind of God? Some things are planned. It's been appointed, the Bible said, for man to die. I want that to sit in on us here for a little bit. I'm not the one that's responsible for choosing the appointment. But if it's God ordained and God is sovereign, I have a right to pray against it, to ask God to deliver, to ask God to bring forth. But I'm still not God. I cannot make the final choice. Yamaya. But within my belly, I have the right to have expectation. I have the right to make a confession because my faith says I've got that right. But I do not have the right to usurp the authority of God. We approach miracles in a wrong way. So many times we try to use the prayer of the holier-than-thou man in the scripture that went to the temple to pray and talked about how good he was and how great he was and how he wasn't like that other guy and like he's not like the world and he's not a sinner. But we have to understand the way you approach God determines how you receive from God. And it's important that you understand there is a language of the broken. And it is the language of tears. It's the language of understanding in Psalms 51 and 17 that God's favor is on those that are of a broken and a contrite heart. It's an understanding in Isaiah 66 and 2, God informs us the man that he recognizes is the man that is of broken and a contrite spirit. Not I deserve it. Not God, you shouldn't be doing this to me. But rather the language of the broken is the little lady came with her tears. She came being known as a sinner. I've got a lot from Scripture in the last years of my life, and I've often asked myself the question, such great services, such great preachers in preaching, such poor soul winning, and I've asked myself a question, and I read where Jesus said, to whom little has been forgiven, there is little love Oh, I know it also says to whom much is forgiven, there's much love. And we like that part. But a lot of us have been around this all of our life. We can't even point to any terrible, terrible sins we think we ever committed. We have a terrible time approaching God from behind. We have a terrible time sometimes approaching God with tears. Because we are righteous and have been righteous since we were children. And we haven't understood that that in itself does not bring the miraculous into our lives. She had the language of the broken. And it was that that brought favor to her. She approached him from behind. She showed true humility. I love what the Apostle Paul said when he said, Pastor, I am what I am. By the grace of God. What are we without the grace of God? Without, what are we without the favor of God? I'm nobody special. I went to that great wedding Friday night. In fact, I enjoyed it. I don't want to be disrespectful. I thought it was fun. 
Amen. I went out there and had my food. I even went through the line a second time and saw they had a Hershey bar. I grabbed me one, stuck it in my pocket, praise God. But I found out a few hours later I wasn't much. I went back to the hotel, and all I could think about was the Hershey bar. All I could think about was the M&M's. It was when that beautiful basket you all got for me when I got to the hotel room, that peanut butter cup. And I know I'm not supposed to drink diet drinks any longer because there's something in them that destroys my joints. But I was determined, and so I went to the machines, and I punched the buttons. But before the Diet Coke ever hit the bottom, I fell on the floor. In a suit, in a tie, no one around in a deserted area. And for the first time in 74 years of living, I could not get up. Let that test your manhood for the first time in your life. I couldn't get up. I tried hard to get up, but I couldn't get up. I put my hands on the machines to try to pull, and they started shaking, and I thought, I don't want them to fall on me. What a way to die, though, Diet Cokes and candy bars. but I couldn't get up. You're talking about a miracle. I never had to do this in my whole life. I crawled in my suit around the corner and started yelling, help. I never had to yell help in my entire life. Help. I couldn't get up. But God, God is able Three people were checking in, and one was a therapist. And around the corner, they heard me yell way down the hallway and around the corner. And one of them come down the hallway and said, where are you at? Where are you at? And I just kept yelling, help. <laughs> it took two strong men to get me back on my feet. I'm not telling you this for you to have any sorrow for me. I'm letting you know there's none of us that's a hot shot. There's nobody that's not replaceable. And God can use us all. And not a minister or a bishop or a pastor is worth anything without you. But sometimes as I look at our world today and the condition of it, when I see the insane are trying to take over, when I see pastors by the scores in America are committing suicide, when I don't think people understand the burden that goes on, the livelihood, the living, I'm telling you something right now. If I'm going to approach God for anything miraculous, Lord, let me come from behind with humility. Let me have tears. Let me understand I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm not so special that you owe it to me because he does not owe it to you. Oh, let's just love him this morning. Hallelujah. I know this is not what you were expecting this morning, but I'm sorry. It's what I've got. It's what the Lord has given me to minister on today. The first place this sinner woman went was to the dirt. Oh, what a change would be in our churches if we'd all get rid of the dirt. But you can't get rid of the dirt without the washing of the tears. And so she approached him in humility from behind. And the tears began to fall upon his feet. And her hair began to wipe those feet. And finally, as she washed those feet clean, 
the anointment came. Until the feet are clean, there is no anointing. Until iniquity is cleansed in our hearts, there is no anointing. You can't hold grudge in your heart against a brother, against a sister. You cannot be a gossiper against the pulpit and then approach God with a high and sanctimonious way and expect God's going to deliver the goods to you. Because Jesus himself through his word said, if you hide iniquity in your heart, he said, God doth not hear that man. And so we wonder where have all the miracles gone? And they've gone because we're self-willed, self-centered, not understanding the way God washed our sins away is the way he will bring miracles into our life. We did not approach the altar of repentance with a holier-than-thou attitude. We did not think we were special and hot and everyone had to pay attention to, and we had to get credit for everything that we did. No, we fell prostrate before God, and we wept bitterly and let him roll away our sins in our lives, and we arose and was buried in his name and walked in that newness of life, and the anointing of God came down, and he filled us with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to tell you that's exactly how we are going to receive the miraculous. You'll never receive the anointing without the cleansing. We know how to sing, we know how to clap our hands. We know how to sway. All these things are good, I think. Praise is the answer to deliverance many times. Lifting up your voice and open it and praising him allows that belly to flow freely. But don't ever question God because when you question God, you prohibit the miraculous to produce itself. You don't live for God in question marks. You live for God in periods. Come on, somebody said praise the Lord this morning. It's emphatic to understand that the natural approaching the supernatural has to be willing to pay the price to have that supernatural experience that God wants each and every one of us to receive. Tonight I'll talk more about miracles Miracles that I know have happened today. Miracles that have happened in my life. Miracles that I know God is still doing. Sometimes we become so pessimistic because it seems like nothing's ever answered. And we get so down and out and lose our shout in wondering what it's all about. And temporarily forget who our father is. But I want to be like Job, though he slay me. I know that my Redeemer liveth. I'm going to tell you, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. Shout glory, hallelujah. Don't tell God that you have it owed to you or they have it owed to them. Oh, they've lived for God all their life. Why do they have to go through this? Shut up. You're not God. It's not your choice. You don't have a right to determine the destiny that God has chosen for either one of us. But let's don't get confused. Disease and sickness is from the devil. And that's why we have a right to stand on the promises of Christ our King. That's why we have a right to have expectation and confession. I don't care what they say. You can say what you want, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be like Job. I'm going to believe in God. I don't care if every family member dies before I get back home. I'm going to stand on the promises of Christ my King. And I'm wise enough to know that that's not always easy to do. And that's where you keep that confidence in your creator. You're not persuaded by life's events. You're persuaded by the word of God. 
Can I say that again? You're not persuaded by life's events. You're persuaded by the word of God. Let me read a couple of things to you this morning. Lamentations chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. Their heart cried unto the Lord, O wall of the daughter of Zion, let tears run down like a river day and night. Give thyself no rest. Let not the apple of thy eye cease. Do you ever feel like that you just about had it? Pastor has heard me minister on when the preacher becomes a basket case. You know, they all, the Bible has said, swore they were going to kill Saul, who became the apostle Paul. But the Bible said they put him in a basket by night. But remember, somebody had to hold the rope. Hello, everybody. If that's all you can be is a rope holder, they were unnamed, and some folks can't stand that, so that's why they don't ever do anything in the church. They don't get any credit, praise God. But the Bible don't name them, but they save the man of God's life, hallelujah. Somebody's got to hold the rope when the man of God becomes a basket case, hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you whether you want to hear it or not, sometimes your preacher becomes a basket case, and you're not even aware of it because you're insensitive to the need of the man of God. You forget that he is as human as you are. And I'm not going to sit under a complaining, griping preacher. And so we can't tell it all. Amen, everybody. I better calm down. I'm liable to get somebody upset at me here this morning. Praise God. Lamentations 3 and 48. My eye runneth down with rivers of water. For the destruction of the daughter of my people, my eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without any intermission. Now look, till the Lord look down and behold from heaven. Sometimes I'm like the guy that fell off the cliff. But on his way down, he found a little branch to hang on to. But he knew it wasn't very strong. And he began to yell, anybody up there? And a big voice came back and said, turn loose. He waited a few seconds and yelled again, is there anybody else up there? Why are we so good to be obedient to Acts 2.38 and sometimes misuse it and abuse it as a hammer to destroy people instead of win people? Why are we so faithful to Acts 2.38 and so unfaithful to all the other verses in the Scripture that teach us how to receive the miraculous in our lives? It's not like I'm coming here thinking I'm speaking to people who aren't well taught, well ministered to. You think I'm ignorant? I know better than that. But I'm here preaching and ministering when I am because my belly is full of what I'm ministering on. And I don't have no reason or no idea why. I haven't even got to communicate with this man. You would think he and I were strangers that don't even know each other. I haven't seen him but maybe five seconds at a time. He's on his way here, he's on his way there, he's on his way to Indianapolis. He was here, he was there. I feel like Paul Anka. I'm just a lonely boy, so lonely and blue. Somebody, somebody help me. Well, thank God there was a therapist and two guys. Hallelujah. I just don't apologize for what I preach because I think I know God's mind. I think God still speaks to people. I believe that with all my heart. And I'm for you. We've got to get rid of the dirt before the anointment can be poured. The miracle comes after the cleansing. I don't know this church. I don't know anything about you people. 
I don't know if some of you sitting on this side because somebody over here smells to you. I don't know. I have no idea. But I'm wise enough to know that in an assembly this size, we know each other pretty well. And we better learn to be forgiving people. We better understand just because we don't always agree does not mean we're enemies. The enemy's out there. Hallelujah, everybody. And we got a world that's trying to take over. I'm talking about an insane world. Hello, everybody. The insane is going to try to run the sane folks. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you, this is one sane folks that's going to let the insane know, shut up. Hello, everybody. I'm not backward. You can tell that. And it took a lot for me to yell down that hallway and around that corridor, help. Help. I never had to yell help in my whole 74 years of life. But it's a whole experience when you can't make your body cooperate with you and you can't, you can't get up off the dirty ground with your suit and your tie and you're laying there and you're scooting and you're trying to find something to grab a hold of. To, and they like to never got me up. One guy, he, he blew my mind. I, I said, oh, uh, there's a Diet Coke in the bottom of that thing down there. And uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't that far gone. Praise God. <laughs> and, 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 and they got me that Diet Coke. And this guy, I'll never forget it. If Christians would be as gentle and as kind as considered as this guy was, he said, look, let me carry your Diet Coke up to your room for you. I'm not that weak, mister. But remember, that man that got healed when they went on the roof, everybody had to carry a corner. Some folks come into a church but never find their corner because they don't want any corner. They want to be served, but they don't want to serve. You not get the miraculous. It don't work that way. You've got to get a corner too. Hallelujah. I hope I get to come back sometime after preaching like this. I don't mean any ill will at all, but... I'm, I'm just telling us, I, I believe God wants to bring some peace to some minds today. I believe he wants to bring some rest to the weary today. It's not a sin to be weary. You're a human being. It's not a sin to just feel worn out and, and tired. And, and it, You've got to understand something. You're flesh and blood. I don't care how much Holy Ghost you've got. You're still just a human being. Hello. You know, we, we Pentecostals, we think we're Superman. In fact, I got a Superman shirt in my, in my bag that I'm taking to Metropolis where I was born. Um, uh, it don't fit me anymore. Too many uh, peanut butter cups and Diet Coke. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm taking it there. By the way, I was born in Metropolis. Uh, Where's Superman from? Uh, our newspaper was called the Daily Planet. What was Superman's newspaper called? What did his last name start with? What does my last name start with? My cutest niece, her name was Lois. Amen. Don't mess with me. You're talking to the wrong guy. I'm telling you that right now, praise God. Oh, it's good to see you laugh. I don't mean to make you laugh. But you know, sometimes laughter is so good for the soul. When we're so weary, so tired, so broken, so hurt, so wounded. And sometimes, let's be honest, church, sometimes we're so questionable. Let's just tell the truth. You know, I've learned one thing about God. Tell him the truth. Just tell him like it is. You don't have to blast it to everybody in the church. Amen. You don't have to tell the preacher every aspect of your life. I don't want to know everything about you. Amen. And I'm sure not going to tell you everything about me. Amen, everybody. Just tell the truth. I must tell Jesus all of my sorrows. And, oh, I've had some in my life. I've had some, some, some deep sorrows, some deep hurts. I've caused a lot of them, too. Be honest. Don't try to always put it off on somebody else. Take 
the credit for some of your mess yourself. Amen, everybody. Let's just love the Lord again. Can you do that? You see, when there's too much pain, it brings on withdrawal. And withdrawal brings on bitterness. And bitterness brings on corruption. And the wrong people will find us when we're in that kind of condition. And we'll find ourselves associating with the wrong folk in the church pew. Everybody in the church pew is not worthy of going out to eat with. I know that this is very controversial, and I'm sorry, but I'm preaching what I feel in my heart this morning. I do not intend to come into a church and be a part of the gossip ring. I'm not going to come into a church when I know I'm going to have need for my family, for myself. That little lady, if she would have been the one at the desk the other night, no one else was there when I fell. She had MS. She was in a wheelchair. She wouldn't have been able to help me. But one thing she did do, she may be here tonight. She's got a little grandson. His name is Turner. He's six years old. He's on crutches all of his life. He's never been able to walk all of his life without crutches. And I told her about MPC. I told her about these meetings. And I invited her to these meetings, praise God. And I promised her that I would bring Turner's name up to this church. So put your hand in the hand of the one next to you and lift your other hand and pray for a little six-year-old. And his name is Turner. He's never walked. Think about your own children that walk free. This little guy has never walked. She showed me pictures. She showed me pictures of his therapy. She showed me how crippled that he really was. But I'm telling you, God is the miraculous. When the natural approaches the supernatural in the way that God desires, there's not anything that God cannot do. Hallelujah. Somebody said praise the Lord. You see... We need to weep rather than question or criticize over the lack of forgiveness. We need to weep over that. That should burden our hearts. I don't want to be hard. I don't want to be hard preacher. I, I understand that I'm a little different than some people that you have coming in your pulpit. I've learned to accept I am what I am by the grace of God. I've been made the way God made me. I preach and teach the way God made me to preach and teach. I'm not like too many other people in some ways. But when I came at peace with myself, I came at peace with others. The reason so many people have war all the time is because they're still at war with their self. When you come at peace with yourself, you'll lose a lot of that war that's in your life, and it will calm you down and make you the human being you really want to be. I don't have to be like everybody else. It's not that I want to try to be different, but I've had some real bad times with God in prayer privately. And I've just asked him, why did you make me such an incomplete? Why am I such a, I might be the only one in the whole room that'll stand for something and nobody else will. Why can't I just shut up? I'm sorry. This will get a lot of criticism for me, and I hope the pastor don't replace me, but I may have a little profit in me, and I just can't handle just going along because that's what makes things safe. I'm not looking for a dungeon. And one thing I don't have to worry about, beware when all men speak well of you. I don't have to worry about that. But through this man right here, this lady right here, my wife and myself that got a burden for go to heaven, USA, the choice is ours, let's make it today. 10,000 people wrote us in 28 states in Canada. I just went through some of those letters the other day. I still got all 10,000 of those letters. The Bible said, be illuminated from your past. This man got a burden to write a song for the program. Go to heaven, USA. The choice is ours. Let's make it a day. Go to heaven. Go to heaven. We need that program now. Bless God more than ever. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you something right now. 
Don't tell me that God can't use people that really don't seem like much to the world. 28 states in Canada, 10,000 letters, 4,000 prisoners, men being baptized in the prisons. Come on, somebody said, praise the Lord. I'm telling you, when you have the natural man approach the supernatural, there's no telling what God can do. That might have only been 12 or 13 months we were together, but look what was accomplished. Thousands heard the gospel. That I'm not talking about hundreds. I'm talking about thousands. I went to because of the times in, in Alexandria, Louisiana, and someone yelled my name in the hallway, and another guy said, hey, are you the brother Shelby that's on the Go to Heaven USA Prayer and Praise Hour? I said, yes, sir. He said, let me tell you something. He said, we had a group of us Nazarenes that listened to you every night that you were on the air out in Springfield, Massachusetts. We were in Chicago. I said, really? Yeah. He said, I want you to know just before we came to this conference, we opened a brand new checking account and a brand new home missions church in the United Pentecostal Church in Springfield, Massachusetts, because you had a burden. You had a burden. You had a vision. You wrote a song. We ministered, and God let the natural approach the supernatural and did the miraculous. Oh, you ought to clap your hands and shout a hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah. Rather than criticize and question dead services, weep over those dead services. Weep over them. I leave a pulpit two ways. With sand in my mouth, which is terrible. Thank God for good saints that will pat you on the back when you didn't even touch God. But I've also left the pulpit just like I had finished a great meal that I so enjoyed. And I felt so comfortable in my skin because I know that God used me and spoke through me and touched the lives of people. Don't criticize dead worship. Worship. Praise. We don't need statues on the pulpit. We can get them at the Catholic Church. Amen, everybody. We need folks that what they're singing, they've got. I'm glad for talent, but talent don't always bring anointing. Don't criticize and question silent altars. There's got to be some backsliders that our tears should be falling for around here somewhere. There's got to be some sinners out here somewhere. And please don't criticize or question the lack of funds because God never promised to multiply you anything until you first did Luke 6, where he said the first responsibility you have is in one word, give. And then he said, it shall be. See, my name's all in the Bible if you'll check it out. Praise God. And it shall be given. God never promised you nothing until you did something. And by the way, God don't work in addition. He works in multiplication. You better listen to me. God's the multiplier. He's not the person that uses addition. He is the multiplier. Everything. He took five loaves and two fishes. And then after he fed a multitude of people, he turned around and gave a basket full to every disciple. They tried to send the people away because they didn't think there was enough for themselves. Listen, don't be so desirous of the preacher's attention that a sinner can't get some of it once in a while. Don't be so desirous that you get given credit that someone else that hasn't even got any ability was able to do something right. And thank God they've come in the church and they did it, praise God, and we complimented them for it. Sometimes our greatest home Bible study teachers, they don't know how to comb their hair. They don't know how to dress properly. You all can get quiet on them if you want to. But I'm going to tell you something right now. That's how you bring the miraculous into your church you approach that supernatural you do it with humility you do it with tears and you show God you mean to have the blessing that he desires for you to have weepers are loathed they people they they, if you cry I remember one time and a lady leave my church why would anybody ever leave a church I pastor? I can't figure that one out to save my life. But uh, she left anyway. 
And uh, she went over to the other church, and they asked her why she was leaving. And here was her remark. He cries too much. I, I'm not convinced his tears are real. You know, you can fake a lot of things, but it's pretty hard to fake real, genuine, out-of-the-belly tears in the washing that God wants to give every single one of us. Oh, yeah, we can all prance our feet and put our hands together and wiggle a little bit and shake our hands and so forth. But from out of your belly, let them rivers flow with those tears that fall until God's attention gets a hold of our lives and says, I've got some new thing for you today. Amen. If the music would come back, please. I want you to just to lift your hands in quietness this morning right now. Would you do that? In fact, would you just connect with someone there to your left and right and, and lift your hands together? Amen. Husbands and wives, if the unity is hindering the home and it's hindering disease and sickness in a child, the Bible said that we need to confess our faults one to another that you may be healed. Did you hear what I just read to you? Maybe you need to make up. Making up is hard to do for some people. But it starts with, I'm sorry. It don't hurt to tell somebody you're sorry. It, it don't really. It, it's, it's easy to do. Once you do it, you break it. You let the enemy know I'm not going to be a discord person in, in the house of God. I'm not going to be a discord person in my own house. You can buy all the guns you want, but if you don't protect your kids with your emotions, you're still not doing the right thing. It's good to have the gun maybe, but you need to protect your children with your emotions. You see, there's two things that the male and the female have a hard time doing. The male was told, husbands, love your wives. Now, men don't have a problem making love to their wife, but they have a problem loving their wife. And then the female was told, be obedient unto your own husbands. It's difficult in our climate of today to even think to tell a woman. And it's getting more and more in our pews. You don't tell me what to do. But that's what brings the unity in the home. A man that will love his wife, if she's a good Christian woman, she won't have any problem obeying you. Of course, I always give a warning to the woman, add the P.S., God, don't give me a stupid husband. Amen, everybody. Amen, everybody. I just kind of feel like this morning we've already lightened up a little bit. I just kind of feel like that you're already feeling a little bit of that gentle care that God has for you. You're not in this alone. You're, you, you, I know there, there's great burdens here. There is. I can feel them. You know, when I walked in here, when I looked at you, when I watched you worship and praise, you just drew me to, 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 to what I could feel from you, that I could sense it, I could see it. It's not that there wasn't any joy in the singing or whatever, but there's more concern today in the singing. And I don't mean there's not concern at other times. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we are loaded down right now with a concern. And it's not just concern for people who may be ill or sick, people who may be hospitalized. There's need in our assembly. And we have fear about what can we do to help. And I'm going to tell you right now, you give it in faith. You add always a little more by faith. You don't allow yourself to not receive the blessing of God by being obedient to the simple things of the scripture. And once you put the word of God in force and in action, God is obligated to do for you what he said he would do in his word. Let's stand together. The natural approaching the supernatural. I asked you a question and I'm asking it sincerely. If there's a current event right now that's causing you to weep, then I ask the question, have you wept? But I'm going to go beyond that. How about all those times there was no current events? Were you still weeping? Were you still the natural trying to approach the supernatural? Were you still crying for the lost and the broken and the bruised? Were you still asking for that unsaved husband to be saved? 
Or do you only wait until there's real trouble or he causes you great pain and then all of a sudden you've got a prayer request. Oh God, my husband's got to be saved. But as long as everything's going okay in the home, you don't even make a cry for the Lord. You don't even approach him about the lost sinner that you're married to. You've got to ask yourself, am I going to be the natural man that's going to approach the supernatural in the right kind of way? Let me tell you what I think we ought to do this morning. This is just me talking. I'm going to turn this service to the pastor. I don't feel led to call a prayer line or anything of that sort. But I'll tell you what I do feel led to do. I don't care if the Baptist beat us to the restaurant. Hallelujah. In my heart, I feel what this church needs to do is every one of us get as low as we can get. If we can't kneel, then sit where you're sitting. But if you can kneel, get down on the floor. If you can get prostate, get prostate on the floor and lay your body before God and say, God, here is this miserable wreck that's called a Christian. And I give everything to you. I want my tears to flow. I need this cleansing. I need to approach you in the way that you desire through Scripture. And then I believe, God, you're going to come along and the miraculous is going to be set forth in our lives. I can't make you do this. But I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, I feel like God's talked to us this morning out of the Word of God. God bless you, Pastor. Hallelujah. Oh, he's already down before the Lord. Oh, God, let's all just get before the Lord. I want us to cry out before the Lord. I want us to cry holy before the Lord. Here I am, Lord, broken and bruised and wounded and down and out. Oh, God, here I am. Here I am. I want to go, God, speak to us. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Set